Uh, g'day everyone, my name's Justin Tippett, welcome to the CX Central podcast and today's special guest is Maxim Lukachuk and I hope I pronounced that right Maxim, I practised um, and Maxim is the Sales Engineering Manager for Avaya of the Nordics and Baltics region. So first of all, welcome Maxim, thanks for joining us. Hi Justin, great to be here with you. Uh, really awesome to have you on the show. We've spoken uh, once before and had a wonderful chat. So this time people, other people can listen to this chat. Now, before we get into a whole bunch of stuff that I want to talk to you about, particularly around, I guess, given your background technology and CX, let's just talk about Nordics and Baltics because I know for a lot of our listeners, they're probably going, I have no idea what countries are in that region. Can you just explain it to our listeners for us? Exactly. A lot of people don't even know wh where it is, but many people know us because of, uh, you know, skiing champions coming from Norway and, yeah, um, cycling. That's 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 how people know at least the countries uh, typically. But uh, where it is, yeah, it's up north. Most of us, uh, mo most of the countries, there are many countries in the Nordics. So it's, uh, you know, Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Iceland, and uh, also... <clears throat> Greenland, which is part of Denmark, and hope my colleagues uh, from Denmark don't kill me for saying something wrong, or the guys from Greenland. And then uh, the Baltic countries, uh, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, uh, all around the Baltic Sea. So that's a very diverse region, I can tell you. You know, with, uh, it's everything different. Uh, you may see from the outside that it's, it's all the same, we're all alike, not at all. Everything is different in every country. Across the border, it's a totally different world. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, to unpacking that, mate, because that's going to give us uh, some great insight because that's why you are where you are because there is that diversity. There are differences between how all countries, but not only manage their technology, but what the consumer preferences are, CX preferences, etc. So um, that's why you're in the, the hot seat, mate, earning those big bucks. And I'm looking forward to uh, unpacking that with you. I loved one of your quotes actually in, uh, in, your link, in your LinkedIn profile. It says, you speak tech and exec. I think that's a great line, right? Because often... Uh, Having been on, on both sides of the fence, uh, some of those technical conversations lose me. Uh, and of course, a lot of times, you know, when executives, they don't get the tech either. So I'm really looking forward to unpacking some of that in this conversation and explaining things, uh, whether it's someone who's new to call centres and there's first time they're listening and saying they want to get their head around what the technology is, or if we've got some exec executives, I think either audience is going to get something out of uh, your conversation. So having said that, I'm going to throw a question at you, and I suppose I'm going to start off very, very broad because uh, things seem to be moving. We say this all the time in call centre world, don't we? Things are moving at such a rapid pace, um, but we should be used to it by now because it's been doing that since I've been in the industry. But where do you see technology at the moment? Well, <clears throat> first and foremost, um, where it is, is hard to say because it's moving. It's all the time on the move, and you're correct. And, you know... Um, it's all about automation, it seems, these days. So everyone uh, everyone wants automated solutions in one way or another, whether it's text, whether it's voice now coming of age. Hopefully video comes after after a while as well, automated and, you know, uh, talking heads and yep. everything. People are talking about that already here. Sure. And um, Is anyone doing it, it yet, it, Maxim, in the sort of the, your region? Is anyone that you know actually going ahead with video? Well, yeah, there are some some attempts, and uh, that started about ten years ago. I would say oh, wow. uh, was uh, a video was a buzz, yep. and uh, we had some clients deploying it, having a whole one agent serving, you know, the video channel, 
because they wanted to be out there. But uh, really, the the new um, changes in legislation, for example, that allow you to identify a person via video. Mm. So by show, showing an ID card, and that's enough, and you record the video. And so you have a person. Banks, they're crazy about it. Yep. They, they, they want to take new customers, steal customers from other banks as well. And, you know, uh, bank and finance sector is very competitive. Yep. So they're really uh, looking at it uh, at the moment and, and, and deploy that. Okay, fantastic. So I it took you away very from, easy. Yeah, well, I took you away from automation because I know you're, um, you're saying that is really hot at the moment, right? Exactly. Well, uh, automation is still there because uh, you are enhancing uh, that person-to-person uh, -person live communication with uh, analytics tools that analyze everything you say, right? So, so they give your contact center employees support in 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 uh, what they should talk about. Um, so you can analyze everything that happens in the in the contact center. Analyze what your customers are asking for, what's their mood, where they want to go, and you know, you can do that in text, voice, and video as well. Yep. So the, auto so the automation that you're speaking about there is obviously, I guess, from the from the contact center manager side or the marketing side where they can get insights about conversations. It's text analytics or speech analytics, et cetera. And, um, but what about from the from the customer side, like as in chatbots and that sort of stuff? Are you, are you seeing that still going at a rapid pace or is it people sort of going, oh, you know what, it's not as great as we thought or is everyone quite bullish on it still? Well, actually both. So, so um, uh, there was a great boom of chatbots a few years ago. So it started and it, it still grows. Mm -hmm. A lot of our customers have automated a great deal of uh, simpler interactions. Uh, so chatbots, they are serving, serving um, uh, the majority of those uh, text-based transactions these days, both externally and internally. So the chatbots are assisting actually internal employees but right. uh, the technologies uh, that that provide this uh, capabilities or technologies that are sophisticated enough they they aren't available for smaller companies so it's mostly bigger companies that have budgets to invest into these technologies that enjoy really powerful solutions yeah uh, that's probably I've got to ask, Maxim, because my exposure to chatbots here in Australia, uh, sort of in the Asia-Pacific region, more so in Australia, has been pretty ordinary. I'm yet to actually have a good experience on a chatbot. Um, now, I'll preface that by saying we're often a little bit behind here in Australia from the rest of the world. Do you see some really good examples? Because we're going to talk about your CX exposure later on um, because I think it's great that you got you can see things through two lenses. Um, are you seeing some good examples of chatbots actually working really well and efficient uh, overseas? Well, again, for simpler transactions, they are pretty mature uh, these days, and uh, and uh, we see great success, especially as as mentioned with larger companies who have time and money to invest into making them really work, because that's a lot of work. You take a chatbot; it's it's a stupid machine, can give you a few answers, maybe that's it, and they aren't necessarily the right answers, right, uh, or in the right format that the person is looking for, you know, it's, people are complex beings, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> so it's not that easy to, to, to tailor to, uh, to them, but um, larger companies, they learn continuously, and uh, we see that uh, really a great deal of simpler interactions are fully automated these days, and uh, customers also want that, they have got used to that, so they really expect now 
um, companies to provide these um, capabilities to them. Yep. Um, where, where's, so, the, where's that line? That you, and and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people think they can just go and buy a chatbot, implement it, and job done. Everything's going to be simple and I've shaved all my costs. The reality is far from that. Um, obviously, with the buyer, you deal with typically with very large companies, but I know you, you now can, you've got products for smaller companies. Is there a sort of a line where you say, you know what, look, less than 50 seat call centers or 500 seat calls or whatever it might be, the investment to get the benefits out of it isn't there? And I'm sure someone's probably done the ROI on, on these sorts of things. But given your experience, I thought I'd throw that question to you. Well, they are trying, I can tell you. Uh, uh, those contact centers are really trying hard. But by and large, I see that um, that it's still uh, the, the technology is still isn't uh, isn't there. So um, typically, you would solve some simple uh, FAQ, but not really something um, that solves customers' issues or uh, performs uh, transactions or gives advice. So yeah. People are trying this, but uh, smaller companies still struggle with uh, efficient uh, chatbot implementation in here. Or uh, I hear the same thing in many parts of the world. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's more just handling your sort of basic triage stuff. You know, what are your hours? You know, what's my balance? That sort of stuff. But once it gets beyond sort of anything more complex than that, flick it to a live agent kind of approach. Exactly. Yes, uh, there's still a great value to collect uh, in uh, from simple chatbots that simply collect the data and then deliver it to the agent and save time to 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 the agent. But uh, it needs to be implemented right, right? So it's not uh, not just about the technology; it's about processes and people, as always. Yep. Right. A lot of uh, tech people think. Oh, you put a technology and it sort sort of magically solves all your issues, but that's not the case. Yeah. Um, I can tell you one of the examples uh, where I was chatting with an agent uh, with a chatbot first. So I have supplied all the information about my issue, and then it went to the agent, and then the agent started to ask the same questions yeah. that the chatbot has already asked. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so they solved my issue in the end, and I asked, okay, so. Have you seen my answers uh, that I gave to the chatbot? He said, yes, I did, but I didn't have time to read them. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's probably the lo- not the last time we're going to hear an example like that either, I don't think, is it? So uh, um, now, we before we sort of dragged you down that path on chatbots, apologies, because you also mentioned uh, sort of the analytics stuff and the speech analytics, and I do think it's just a treasure trove of information for contact centers, but I really think a lot of contact centers, particularly maybe some of the smaller ones, just aren't aware of sort of what some of the things that they can get or learn from speech analytics. Can you spend a couple of minutes, I guess, telling us uh, for those that would be new to speech or text analytics, et cetera, just what it means for someone running a call center? Well, probably an example uh, uh, could be could be best here. Uh, we have a customer a regular contact center, omni-channel, you know, serving customers. Majority of their contacts are still in voice. Uh, they are trying to classify every call and then uh, make decisions based on that, how, how to optimize their performance, how to feed the information back into their organization. But really, they didn't, again, people, right? They are clicking wrong classification codes. Yep. You cannot build a, a billion of those codes because you know every every conversation have a different flavor 
sort of the main topic is one, but there are a lot of side things uh, that a customer might mention. So how do you, how do you classify those? How do, how do you, how do you pull information out there? Either you use an agent spending a lot of time on making notes, mm. or you use some technology that understands what the conversation is all about, right? So so what they are doing, they are implementing speech analytics at the moment, uh, and uh, we'll do the same thing for text in the future. And their goal is really to feed the information back into the organization for why customers are calling, where the problems are, where the processes and products need to improve, and then uh, solve a lot of issues, bo both locally for the contact center, but also for the organization as a whole, right? And making customers ha happier, not just through those interactions, but in generally from, from um, you know, experience of that company. Yeah, and is so that's that's a good example. Sorry, is um, it, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, I, I was going to ask: is it um, is it? A, I sort of know the answer in some respects. I'm not trying to lead you though. Uh, I know now that it used to be quite cost prohibitive when you looked at these sorts of technology, and I think now it's never been easier to implement. And I should have prefaced this by saying, uh, Avaya is not a sponsor of CX Central. I'm talking to Maxim because he's a very smart guy and we want to learn from him. Um, so that's why I'm pumping him for all these answers, guys. Um, is it, I know with you guys, it's, is it simply now just a bit of a tick box in some respects for, for your platform? And I'm oversimplifying it, but uh, it's not a multi-million dollar investment like it used to be anymore, is it? Well, most of the technologies become much more affordable these days, and uh, analytics is one of those. And I think one of the key enablers here is cloud. Right. So yep. in the past, you would need to invest a lot into infrastructure, into setup, you know, configuration. These days, it's much, much easier. So you, you get a cloud service. Everything is, is there ready for you to take. Uh, yeah, some integration work still needs to happen, but it's much, much easier, much more, much more affordable. And time to, to results is also shorter. So a lot of benefits uh, that are coming from, from uh, cloud. Yeah. So to practice the, uh, the model around, you know, talking tech and exec, um, for people that hear cloud all the time, and apologies to those who already know what cloud is, but there's a lot of people here, I think, who hear the term cloud, and we know that everything's moving to the cloud. But what exactly is the cloud? How do you explain it when you're going into a business and said, you know, hey, we've got this cloud solution for you, and they sort of all look at you blankly. <laughs> how, do you, how do you use some words to explain it all to them? Yeah, well, I think the, 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 the best explanation to, to cloud is that cloud is someone else's computer, you know, there's a meme somewhere on LinkedIn about that. And um, that's probably the best definition, right? So someone else takes care for your technology, whether it's in a private cloud fashion where, you know, it's the same setup as you would have in your own data center, but it's in someone else's or it's public cloud, so-called public cloud, where the technology is shared between multiple customers, but they are sort of isolated. Everyone has its own piece of the pie. So that's that's basically what cloud is. And um, it's great. You, uh, you can still have control as a larger company if you are going for a private cloud. So everything is completely secure. There's a whole bunch of servers that are only serving you, providing service to your, um, um, to your company. So no one else has access to it, you know, you can rely on this technology as if it were your own. Your own, yeah. Public cloud is good for smaller ones, right? Typically, 
very easy, typically less expensive. Yeah, so I think yeah. in Australia, a lot of the smaller centres are, are, are using public cloud. But as you said, a lot of the larger, particularly the financial institutions, the banks, etc., would all have their own private cloud for obvious reasons. So um, absolutely. And uh, and obviously it's a cost. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of benefits, isn't there? You don't need a whole IT team to, to manage things. You don't need space for, to, for servers and, and God knows how much computer equipment. Um, it's almost, you know, a bit of a no-brainer. You're still doing some of the, <laughs> the so-called old-fashioned installations or is pretty much everything now just going the way of the cloud? Yeah, well, uh, what I can say is that probably most of our customers dream about some sort of cloud. Not all of them are ready for that because uh, there are some financial uh, limitations and constraints for them to go to uh, to cloud because you know they had huge investments into their own equipment. So some of them are growing naturally, right? So So adding more and more equipment into their own data centers. Some of them are migrating to, to cloud uh, pretty aggressively. Um, some of the companies, there's a sort of a, a, a disenchantment of, um, you know, with the public cloud. So they are choosing private options. Yeah, but the majority are moving into the cloud. That's, that's uh, no, no doubt in that. But uh, still, some of the customers still want to, to have the control, the, you know, the confidence of the on-prem equipment, but um, majority of uh, commercial customers they go to uh, they they go cloud. Some of the public sector customers, especially you know in healthcare, they want to have their own data centers and and closed environments again uh, because of the regulations and security and you know in Europe we have GDPR right which is pretty strict yeah. and in some countries we have very strict regulations about patient data for example that cannot leave the country so that puts some other limitations and most public or, and even private cloud setups they are somewhere else outside of the country so that that uh, also brings some limitations to to what our customers can do but everyone wants to get rid of that responsibility that's for sure yeah i'm sure um more broadly um i'd love to get your insights into contact centers as a whole because uh i've been doing this for about 30 years and i reckon for about 29 of those years i reckon i've been hearing the death of contact centers that we don't need them anymore and there was a a famous ceo out here of telstra which is our big telecommunications company out here and he came out about seven years ago and said that uh call centers will be gone in five years um so i'm pleased to say that he was wrong and i've still got a job and we still have an industry but um what's your thoughts on on sort of contact centers uh, are they are they here to stay are they growing more in stature in, in your sort of region of the world or are you seeing a, a decline? Well, uh, my dream is that contact centers disappear, but not in a way that we stop serving customers through some human interaction, but more that everyone in the company becomes a contact center, you know, part of the contact center, part of the customer journey. Right and feels that and, yeah. and takes the responsibility for that. At that point in time, everyone wins, both customers and enterprises. So, and I, I see that the, that the technology is moving in there. Right, we are talking about engaging people in the back office or providing them right tools or the same tools that the front office people have. Mm. Right, in order to 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 connect the dots on the on the customer journey and 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 make sure that that. Um, 
customers receive the same service throughout every touch point uh, on their way. So that's that's probably what is happening, and uh, and we we see that uh, that uh, yeah, there's a great deal of automation, and that's probably why your colleague said that uh, the contact centers would disappear, but humans will will still be there. We need human touch, and uh, that's uh, no doubt in the uh, in there. What we need to do is obviously to automate and eliminate all the bottlenecks towards that human touch. Uh, I can give you probably an example for why a contact center or human touch wouldn't disappear. Please. So I've been uh, purchasing uh, hosting services for my uh, website that I had for a while, a photography one, uh, by the way. Yep. And uh, there, you know, they had an automated process. Everyone has an automated process to, to order hosting services. But these guys, they made me call them when I was at the end of my transaction ordering the service, they made me call them. And I was so frustrated. But when I did call them, I did talk to really proficient salespeople there. And they told me, you have a manager, a personal manager, because you're buying one of the cheapest options uh, you know, for, for, for hosting. And then they have sold me three years of service instead of one. And I was happy about that. And then they transferred me to a tech support department to fix all my potential issues. And the, 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 this transfer was absolutely seamless because the, the tech guy knew who I was, knew all the options I just ordered and uh, was so helpful. It was fantastic, you know, and uh, that's, that's what human touch means, right? Yeah. It's, it raises so many things on, on that conversation, Maxim, because I know you've just done your CCXP. Um, so for those that uh, don't know what that is, it's a certified customer experience professional. Um, and I know you did the course through our CX skills uh, business and did the uh, introduction to CX management course with Daniel Lord, who I speak to a lot. And I, I know you know Daniel well, having done his course. Um, so you've got, I can tell that CX is coming through, but I just... I'm interested in your thoughts because I think what's happening in the world, it seems to me now, and, and you know, with Amazon model, the, I think Bethos was famous for saying the best service is no service. And I find it's really interesting now that in that example that you gave me with your internet service provider, that there was still a problem. You still had to contact someone and then they've effectively upsold you to buy and pay for some better service. And you'd think if they got it right in the first place, you never would have had to call and so I sort of think when, as long as that mentality is around, there's always going to be contact centres because people are always going to do things that companies don't want them to do. Um, but do you have a view on, on, on that example? Because, as I said, you've got the CX focus on now and you've also got the tech and you've mentioned removing bottlenecks several times. So I know it's a big thing for you. How do you see all this panning out? Well... Obviously, uh, obviously, uh, as I mentioned, technology is not everything, right? It's mm. about people, processes, everyone working together. That's that's when you get great results. And uh, you've had um, uh, a few other folks um, 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 talking about marketing, right? Yep. Talking about um, frontline people, uh, management. So everything has to to be in line and and and. Uh, then, then you mentioned that uh, you know uh, you talk uh, to to executives who don't necessarily understand technology, right? And it's important to make them understand. And how do you make them understand? 
So you have to go there and talk their language and their language. They are people managers, right? They are, they, they, they talk people. That's, that, that's how you get through them, get the message about how you align technology. And that's, that's where CX uh, training that pr provided by you and Daniel came very handy because you sort of start to understand the big picture because, you know, every tech guy like myself, you know, starts with the idea that you solve everything with technology yeah. and then you learn oh there are people that think differently yeah Damn nice and uh, training like uh, like the one provided by daniel you know sh shows really the, the the connections yeah you're right i mean the sex is such a broader space than just looking at uh, as you said just tech and and people but i find often uh, the executives that i've i've come across are very cost focused and and that sometimes gets lost in the people and the customer uh experience as well how do you combat that sort of scenario because you are dealing with some multi-million dollar projects um you know in in your role so i guess cost is always going to be an underlying factor as well that's true um and uh, that's an art right of, of building an roi story yep. uh, um, uh, of customer experience so now, obviously you have to justify every investment these days um no doubt about that however the great problem on the market was always how do you connect the, the benefits mm -hmm. of the customer experience yep. uh, in particular um into some financial numbers yeah, and uh, yeah that's that's not 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 many not many people and not many customers even investing multiple millions are sadly at that unfortunately I, I can tell you and yeah that's that's where people like myself like um, uh, yeah a bunch of uh, Daniel's uh, trainees come in and uh, and uh, and help management you know Put, 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 put the numbers together and, and see how the new investments can benefit not, not, not only directly, like saving costs by reducing the number of agents, for example, mm -hmm. but also how, how do they increase sales? Yep. How do they, you know, uh, there's a, a great deal of technology in there that helps you sell more, right? Um, and, absolutely, uh, and, uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. But, I think the um, you know I think for too long we've probably suffered as a bit of an industry of, of um, really just you know we're we're very good at talking about things that just don't matter to a lot of people um, you know it's a very fluffy kind of thing oh we want to make our customers happy and everyone's you know living in a wonderful world but um, you know the reality is executives do talking numbers and I think one of the things you learn by doing CX. Uh, is actually trying to equate that back to a cost. And the reality is if you serve your customers better, it's typically more efficient and they'll stay with you longer and spend more. So all the research now really starts to demonstrate that. So I think we've all got to start using those that language when we're talking about projects and we'll all be in a much better spot, right? That's exactly the case, right? And uh, again, uh, going through the training, you know, the, 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 the great thing uh, was to find how to find out how other people are doing it right so to to to, to learn some techniques of, of um, not only improving that customer experience but also making sure that you do it in an efficient manner yeah absolutely when you did the um with the cx course is not to sell the course at all but i'm, I'm interested in um what, what were the biggest takeaways 
that, that you got from it? Because everyone has a different perspective of CX, right? And I think, you know, when you do a course, a fairly comprehensive course, it's two days, um, what, what was your biggest takeaway? Well, personally for me, it was putting, you know, structure around all the knowledge that is out there. You know, you can watch YouTube, you, you read articles on the internet, and you sort of know bits and pieces, but you don't have a understanding of the big picture. And the course really puts everything into their respective shelves, shows the connections between things. And, you, you know, you, you sort of have a, a map in your head and you can navigate your job, your, you know, every day, basically, with that, with that roadmap in your head. So, so that, that was one of the greatest discoveries, at least for me. Because obviously, uh, and you discussed this uh, with both Daniel and uh, some other um, people you have interviewed, 16 hours for that particular course can't give you every, uh, every bit you, you, you will ever need. But at the same time, it puts everything into, into perspective and, and connects the dots. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, the, the, the test itself also makes you think about, you know, putting put, putting things together. That's 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 uh, that's that's great uh, experience. Actually, yep. it was a little bit scary to start. I'm sure. But uh, my first question was something I haven't heard about, oh. and I thought, wow, <laughs> not a great if, start. If the whole test is like that. Then what am I doing here? But it was it was a good experience in the end. Yeah. How did you go? Well, I think one of the things that uh, the CCXP test is famous for is you get your score straight away. So when you hit submit uh, right at the end, you you know whether you passed or failed. How did you go when you pressed that button? You take a big breath and. Uh... Yeah, I did absolutely. So it was a, it was a thrill for sure. But it was a great relief then to to see how you did and uh, the good thing is that they are showing you they are giving you scores by every competency right, right? Yep. So in the end you know where you did well and what where you need to improve yep. and that's uh, that's very helpful and i felt that uh, some some competencies where i generally felt weaker even while studying um it shows right, right? Okay. So, so so you really need to dig a little bit deeper to to to, to be better in those areas yeah yeah okay. awesome yeah. great feedback um now what's what's next for for um for avaya and for you because uh, as you said the tech is moving all the time right nothing stands still so what's uh, hot on the horizon well absolutely uh cloud is uh, uh, a big thing and um we we are working day and night on on, on uh, delivering the messages to our existing customers and also um, uh, to the new ones, to, uh, to prospects in the region. Um, it, what, what I've seen uh, so far happening in, in our markets is that, uh, you know, we are all small countries uh, with very specific languages that aren't typically supported by big vendors like, you know, Variant, Google, uh, and others. So we had a lot of startups here taking the niche, you know, uh, with, with automation. Yep. But what happens now is that big guys are coming in here because uh, English is there, German is there. What else do you do? You go to smaller countries and, and you deliver those languages. And we see that it's much more efficient with, uh, with uh, you know, big, big, big uh, vendors 
because they have a lot of people, a lot of technology, and typically it's more economical for our customers. And we are partnering with uh, with the, with the uh, big companies. So so that's where our focus is, right? Automation, bringing it to local markets and making it available for them. Yeah. Uh, not uh, not not only in the big countries, but also in in, in our markets. I noticed a lot of the, the marketing for those who are watching on the video right now, just showing the website. You can see a lot of the marketing now is really all about, it's all about the customer now. So it's, it's moved away from the tech, hasn't it? And it's all very, very customer focused. That's true. And uh, in fact, uh, the decision making is, uh, is always, uh, has always, uh, has also shifted uh, from, uh, from um, purely IT that we dealt with for a very long time, right? So uh, call centers were in the in the in the uh, IT department. Typically, right now we see much much more business involvement. They want to make decisions. They want to to participate. They want to influence. And um, you know, they are uh, a lot of our bigger customers are changing their internal structures to be more agile. They are applying these agile principles. So, and uh, those uh, teams that work on different projects, they always include someone, you know, a business representative so that, uh, you know, the customer, the business, the people are always in focus in all of the projects. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah, wow. It's, um, there you go. Um, and in terms of you career-wise, um, what, what, how does it work at Avaya? Do you sort of look after the Nordic region and then you get promoted to a bigger region or do you end up sort of running the whole show over there like what what are you aspiring to do <laughs> we'll see well i'm i'm, I'm uh, really happy uh, to where i am at the moment the team is fantastic and uh, you know it's throughout the whole of avaya I, I talk to a lot of people you know it's it's really the spirit of camaraderie everyone helps each other you know everyone's friendly so the, the climate is great so i'm i'm really happy uh, where i am yeah, that's always a, We're good, doing that. it's always a good thing, mate. In Australia, we have um, what we call long service leave. So once you've been with the company 10 years, you normally get a bit of a bonus and a bit of holidays. I notice you've been with um, Avaya, what is it, about 14 years now. How's it work for you? Do you get a, a nice big fat bonus when you get 15 years or 20 years? <laughs> well, I, I still need to work for my bonus, yes, <laughs> uh, a little bit more. But, uh, but, uh, but uh, the you know, the... The, the, the whole climate is a bonus. Uh, I could tell you that, uh, you know, uh, a person like myself, technologically savvy, well, or interested in technology, you are working always on the edge, right, of, of the technology. So you always learn something new. It's fantastic. But uh, what I really like to do is, is uh, meet people, talk to people, understand, you know, interact. And that's probably what I would like to do more of in the future. And, um, and I've got to say, Maxim, you know, that's quite rare for a tech person, right? <laughs> well, it's it's maybe maybe some of them, yes, some of them are strange people, really strange. But it's a spectrum, you know. There are people who are very, and you know, I, I'm managing a small team, five people. Um, uh, all of all of them are engineers, but they are so different. Yep. Some of them are really outgoing and, and want to be out there and want to party and connect with everyone and others just want no one to touch them and just leave them alone to work on their you know baby project and it's it's, it's amazing but they are all really really good uh, both 
technologically, business-wise. It certainly takes really. all types to be successful. How how have you found the whole uh, COVID experience uh, over there with your with your team? Is it you know you guys working in the office still? You're all working from home. Has it really shifted the way you've had to do things? Well, we were always a distributed team, first of all. So we're, we've been using uh, collaborative technologies for a very long time. So the shift isn't that big for us. And we were working from home a lot. Uh, two days a week probably was at least um, a normal schedule. But, uh, of course, customers that you don't see physically anymore, that's where the problem is. So, so it, it really shifts how you how you interact with people, how you work with them. You, uh, I can tell you that you need much more attention, in fact, because those physical meetings, they, they leave a bigger footprint, I could say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bigger impression. And uh, now you have to work much harder to, to, to get to people's hearts. And uh, that's, that's probably uh, the biggest difference for us. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it's um, I think it's fine. The collaboration stuff seems to be all right when you've already got a relationship with someone. Uh, it's sort of like you're just tapping in a little bit. But when you're meeting people for yeah. the first time, it's uh, and you're building a relationship. It is a bit harder over um, you know, over video or Zoom or whatever it is that you're using. Uh, I completely agree with you. Um, but it's also had some lots of benefits because we can do things like this that we probably wouldn't have been able to do before and have video chats with people on the other side of the world. So I'm going to take the good with the bad. I think. Exactly, exactly. So, so for us, uh, you know, Avai is not uh, just uh, just a um, contact center company. We are uh, producing as well collaborative technologies, and obviously that had a positive result uh, uh, for us. So we could uh, we could um, see customers acquiring much much more of the you know both hardware for home working as well as software for you know video conferencing, you know, chatting homework in general so um it was uh, it worked quite well for us um business-wise but of course we are there with with people and uh, trying to yeah well we understand it's not easy it's not easy but uh doing our best to help Absolutely. It's certainly uh, changed the way we all do things and I think that's going to be uh, something that's going to continue on in the future. It's not going back to normal ever, I don't think. So uh, we'll all just learn to roll with it. Um, the course that uh, you did with Daniel, if anyone is interested, you will find it on our um, CX Skills uh, website. So it is the Customer Experience Management course. It's a 16-hour course. Um, so it's done over four four-hour workshops because we know everyone's busy. You can see a video of myself and Daniel and there's lots of information there on the uh, on on CX skills and uh, yeah of course we run it about every oh, I don't know about every two months or so we run the course so you'll see the next date whenever it is on the, the CX skills website um, Maxim thanks so much for um, for joining us today I know as I said it's uh, while it's great that we can easily jump on zoom time zones are still there so um, it's a later night for me and it's an early morning for you so I really appreciate you uh, switching on the camera and uh, coming up a little bit earlier for us before you have to start your day ahead was a pleasure, Justin. Justin, thanks. And um, yeah, it feels like we are really in uh, neighboring houses, at least or rooms, maybe. And so, so it's, it's daylight in your on your side, daylight on my side. Really, it's you know, 
feels like we are not that far apart. It really, it really does. And uh, your English is absolutely fantastic. So um, far better than my uh, any Nordic languages, I can assure you. So uh, uh, really a pleasure to catch up. I'm sure we'll do it again in the future. I'd love to check in with you uh, sort of later in the year and see how things are, are travelling over your side of the world. So thank you once again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, of course, uh, you'll be able to uh, watch this if you're listening uh, on the cxcentral.com.au website uh, at any time. It'll be there under our podcast sections. Otherwise, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or all the usual spots, thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode soon. Thanks again, Maxim. Bye for now. Thank you, Tristan.